Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Starting this week, we're launching a new show on the Ringer Dish feed, recapping the return of Survivor for its special 40th season. This season features 20 previous winners of Survivor competing for $2 million, the largest cash prize in reality TV show history. Riley McAtee and a rotating guest from the Ringer staff will recap every Thursday. So make sure you subscribe to the Ringer Dish feed for shows like Jam Session, Tea Time, and the new Survivor recap show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to a new episode of Ringer Dish Special K-Pop Edition. I'm Kate Hallowell, and today I'm joined by two special experts and most importantly, K-pop fans to break down our many, many, many feelings about the new BTS album, Map of the Soul 7. First up, I'm here in the studio with the Ringer's podcast producer extraordinaire and <laughs> expert in all things music and sound and K-pop. It's wow. Isaac Lee. No pressure whatsoever, huh? I'm workshopping that intro as we yeah, go. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. add to okay. it every time. All right, great. Um, and I'm truly thrilled that on the phone all the way across the pond, we've got perhaps the utmost BTS stand in media today. From BuzzFeed News, it's Ikran. Hello. Hi. I'm Hello. so excited that you're on this podcast with us. Um, and I'm excited to dive into this like pretty flawless album with both of you. Um, but I want to first emphasize Ikran's staggering BTS ARMY credentials. Staggering. Like, actually staggering. I'm going to explain why. So, obviously, you're a K-pop fan. You're a reporter at BuzzFeed, um, which alone, like, obviously qualifies you to be on this podcast. But I think your most impressive credential to date is a tweet that you sent on May 20th of 2013 that simply says, at BTS Twit, looking forward to your debut. Smiley face. Just iconic. It's so wild because <laughs> I actually deleted all my tweets and somehow did you? that snuck through. It yeah, did. Yeah, because if you, if you look for my tweets, you will not find much from like that year or the year before. Yeah, there are just like pictures of this tweet online and then like pictures of you interviewing them and like being like, oh my God, the dream, like she's living <laughs> the like dream army life. Um, can you give us just like a little overview of like what drew you to BTS really before they debuted? And kind of your journey, like, as a fan seven years later, now that you're a reporter. Well, I was really into, like, YouTube, like, as a whole. Like, watching, like, cover artists and, like, we just, me and my sister were just, like, jumping around on YouTube, going from person to person. And then we stumbled upon BTS doing, like, a choreography to something. I can't remember, it was, like, an American song. And we are like, oh, because we already listened to, like, Korean music and K-pop. We clicked on the profile and we're like, oh, and then it was actually just like a lot of, oh, shit. Oh, can you swear? Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, you can. Oh, okay. well, so. We can establish like, that right now. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Okay. Um, no, you're good. Yeah. So then we saw the graduation video, the graduation song. Hmm. And we're like, oh, my God, this is really good. And then we started Googling them, found out they were going to debut. And we just suddenly became really obsessed, downloaded this mixtape of like all their old songs. <laughs> and... <laughs> we were like, what if they don't sound anything like this when they've released their actual music? Mm -hmm. But thank God they were good. <laughs> thank like, God they were good. Like, <laughs> literally, it was the biggest sigh of relief because it was like great personality on Twitter. They were really funny, funny vlogs. And then they released their first song and it was really good. So, And now seven years later, they released their fourth Solipsis. album. And it's still really good. Have you been a fan like the entire time? Have you like stopped? Have you taken a break? Or has it been like literally seven years of like hardcore stan? It's been seven years. But like there was a time when I kind of took a step back on the mm -hmm. internet. Sure. Just because I wanted to appear professional. <laughs> a struggle we all face. <laughs> Can relate. Didn't quite work out. But <laughs> here we are. I mean, we wouldn't be on this podcast if we were entirely professional about our love for BTS. So it's all good. Um, well, I think you're the perfect person for this podcast just because this album is all about their growth and their evolution and their journey as a group and kind of looking back at how far they've come. Yeah. So let's dive in, shall we? Should we do it? Let's go. All right. So Map of the Soul 7 came out on Friday, and it's BTS's fourth full studio album. And we want to give this the full deep dive that it deserves. But in the interest of time, I think we're going to primarily focus on the new tracks on the album rather than going all the way back through the tracks that were on Persona last year um, and things like that. So I feel like first up, we should discuss the deeply hype, extremely good lead single, On. On. 
this debuted with a video that we can talk about in a second, but let's just go over the song first. What are our thoughts about On? All caps, On. I thought it was really good. At first, I, when I listened to it, I listened to it on speakers and I was a little tepid about it. And then I listened to it on headphones and it really hit on headphones, the, uh-huh. the organ intro. Um, I don't want to jump the gun here, but the bridge with Jungle. Oh my God. I have like the bridge so in all caps in this yeah. outline. That was incredible. Um, last time we did this podcast, after we stopped recording, uh-huh. I had told you, Kate, that I think Jungkook might be the LeBron James of K-pop. <laughs> um, and this kind of felt like the team was clearing out for LeBron to go ISO in the finals, you know? like They were just like, give the ball to Jungkook and let him do his just thing. Just let him cook. Just let him cook, you know? And it felt like that. And then he like drove to the rim and he passed it to Jimmy and, and like that was it was like the sick assist it felt like an alley-oop oh my god um, sorry this is I process is the world through basketball peak this is peak ringer content right now I yeah. love it I love yeah. it um, so yeah the single is extremely good but the bridge I think is a highlight Ikran do you have any thoughts about the bridge or really anything it's else it's so good like ha- did you guys watch the Fallon performance yeah I watched yes. it this morning it's so good like the bridge it literally when I woke up, all I saw my time and I was the bridge. Just like loads of snippets of it. And then I went to watch it and I was like, oh my God, it's just so good. Every time you hear it, it's like, wow, Jungkook. I feel like it's so difficult. I mean, you see it in K-pop a lot, but they do a lot of the tempo changes and like these, yeah. these wildly different, you know, the chorus sounds completely different from the verses, which sounds completely different from the bridge. Mm. And I think to someone not familiar with K-pop, it can be really jarring. But I think that the way that they transition this like very fast paced, really intense song to this like very haunting bridge and then right into the like the more upbeat thing and then the dance break it just like is all all sewn together yeah. very seamlessly the drums are really cool yeah i love all the background stuff and i think isaac that's probably what you meant about headphones making this yeah. better is because you get like kind of the marching band in the back and you've got this great chorus of singers right. and and then like after the bridge jungkook's just wailing away on the rest of the song just like ad <laughs> living in the back just doing his thing and yeah, there are so many layers to it. I mean, first of all, it's just like a very hype song in general, which is like kind of the genre within K-pop that I really like. Yeah, it's very um, much up your alley. It is, yeah. <laughs> we texted about this when I first heard it and I was like, oh, it's fine. And yeah. you were like, no, it's really good. <laughs> I, I left you on red for a second after <laughs> yeah. that one. And I was like, ah. um, But yeah, I really, really like it. And so there's a version of it before we get to the video. Um, They also released a version with Sia, kind of like the classic, you know, Western radio play attempt. You got to get an artist in there just because that's unfortunately how Western radio stations work. Yeah, just an English speaking person Um, with a name. Yeah. So Sia is on a version of the song. And I was actually really excited for this. I really like Sia and I thought this would be really cool. And I just think the feature is really unnecessary in, in the way that they worked her in. Yeah, I mean, she only basically sings the chorus. Right. And it's like very low register. I'm like, if you're going to have Sia, like let it's her Sia. let her be Sia. Yeah. yeah. Like, And I do hate in like past collabs when, you know, they kind of take away their verses and give them to the Western artists. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, like yeah. I don't really want that. Like just like give Sia a verse and like let her do some of the like, hey, na, na, na's. Like, like an additional <laughs> verse right. on top of the pre-existing song with all the parts of the members. Right. I agree. And I'm like, it, just the way they worked her in like kind of in this like low kind of boring feature I was like I wanted more from that but Mm. the original version of the song is really really good um, and stands on its own so the video came out the initial performance video came out on Friday the first thing I did on Friday when the album dropped was like pull out my phone in bed and watch this video (laughs) Um, what's it called the kinetic something the coma prima performance video of sorts Um, so they did it with dancers from the lab um, and it's choreographed by Sienna Lalau who did Dionysus um, and you can tell because it's another like really hype, really cool choreo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also have the Blue Devil marching band with them in the video. And I just love a performance video. I will take it over a music video any day of the week. And I just just really high quality and really cool. And they're just like in this open space. And they did it in the same way on Fallon where they did it in Grand Central Station. And I just think it really fits like the scope of the song and of the performance. Yeah. Um, very larger than life. And I just think it's great. I loved it. I really loved the video. I really liked the fact that the song, this is something that I have like a gripe with in K-pop is when they just repeat parts and it's just like, well, you have all of these members. Why don't you switch the parts? Right. And they did it with this one where 
I think it's Jimin with the first chorus, c h u n g g u k with the second, mm-hmm. and then Jin with the third chorus. Very right? vocal heavy song. Yeah, very vocal heavy song. Mm-hmm. I, I might be totally messing that up. But I liked the switching of parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just makes the same melody sound more fresh throughout mm-hmm. the song, even yeah. though it's a familiar melody by the time you've heard it. I mean, I've heard it 15, 20 times. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where do we think this... Stacks up compared to their past lead singles. Ooh. Ooh, it's too soon, man. <laughs> yeah, why oh. are you putting us on the spot like that? <laughs> I just think it's extremely, I think it's one of their best in, in years, yeah. is my take.、Um, I think it maybe is their best since Mike Drop. You know, I was listening to the album I've, in preparation for this pod and also for、mm-hmm. my own enjoyment.、Um, Boy with Love is the second track on the record, and we'll、mm-hmm. talk about that maybe a little later.、Mm-hmm. But like, okay, you listen to that, you're like, okay, I've heard this before a million times. And then you get to on. And I think they're comparable. I think they're up there together.、Mm-hmm. Um, I will say a new appreciation for Boy with Love、uh, when, really? I, when I heard it again, because I hadn't heard it for a while.、Mm-hmm. And then I listened to it again. It's like, this was a good song. And I think I <laughs> forgot that it was a good song.、Um, I'm with you on that. I, I did get like a little tired of it. It was not my favorite of theirs, but、yeah. I do kind of have a new. I think that's true for all the Persona songs. I think you kind of、yeah. see them in a new light、yeah. in the context. In the context of, of the album, I think、yeah. it, it just makes more sense.、Mm-hmm. Home is my favorite, and it's just gone now. r i p to Home and Microcosmos. <laughs> yes. Fallen Soldiers. <laughs> Poor one、um, out. Didn't quite make it. But、um, I mean, this is a 20 song album. There's a lot here and a lot to、yeah. work through. And we can dive right in really to the rest of the album, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's、yeah. do it. So, I have a lot to say about the solos, and I'm sure we all do. And I think we should start there.、Um, we're not going to go in, in track order, we're just going to kind of group by yeah. category.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I want to start with the solos. And there were three that were released before the album Intro Persona, which is RM solo, was on Persona, obviously. Interlude Shadow was the main kind of trailer for this album, and that's Suga's solo. And then Outro Ego was the last trailer for this album, and that's J Hope's solo.、Mm. Um, so the rap line solos were all first, and then we didn't hear the vocal solos until this album came out.、Um, what are your guys' favorites? Like, pick one favorite、oh, I, solo I, from this very, album. It's very, very easy for me. It's Filter. Love it. Yeah. Fucking it, great. Mean, Jimin is Jimin, three for three. It is Jimin just. <laughs> Just cooking. He is, really he is in the、really、kitchen.、Good. He is taking out the ingredients. He is preparing his mise en place. He is there. He is cooking.、Uh, I love your analogies today. I'm so with it. Came and swing it. Ikran, what's your favorite? Uh, uh, favorite. It's, it's really hard to choose. I also had a really hard time. It is.、Time. It's really hard. But if I look at what I have played the most, it is filter. But, but, but I really do love my time and moon. A lot. Yeah, Moon was really great too. I think they're all they're really all good. good. Man, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard. I,、so、I also, Inner Child bangs as well.、Mm-hmm. So I have played Filter the most, but I think Inner Child resonated with me the most personally, which I can talk about in a minute. But then I'm also like, the rap line solos are so good. Like, what are we talking about?、Um, yeah. Let's just go like one by one and just kind of go down the list and give our thoughts.、Um, so, first of all, Persona came first. All of these solos are very, I think, impressively linked、mm. to the overall theme of this album, which、yeah. is just they're reckoning with their journey to fame and all these pressures along the way. And they're very personal discussions of their public self and their image versus kind of their, the way that they see themselves. And just like growing into this just unfathomable fame that they have and trying to kind of remain their true selves along the way. Um, yeah. So the rap line solos are very interlinked in that way.、Um, Persona, obviously, the main chorus is Who the Hell Am I? And I mean, that pretty much sums it up. It's, this, yeah, yeah. it's Aram being, you know, the me that people want me to be, the me that people love, and the me that I create、um, is what he says in the song. And it's just reckoning with, with that image of who's Aram, who's Namjoon. And that's kind、yeah. of that's the thing that links certainly the rap line solos, and I think all of them. Really.、Um, yeah. But this was a banger when it came out, and it's a banger now. So it's pretty unusual to hear a K pop artist struggle, not struggle necessarily, but address fame、mm-hmm. and be vulnerable with where he is. So I thought it was really mature of them. I mean, they're in their mid 20s now,、mm-hmm. they're seven years into their career. Like, so it kind of makes sense for them to have this introspective and, and retrospective look at their lives and their careers. Yeah. I really enjoyed just like, Reading the lyrics again and just like, I mean, we, we know Arm is very smart,、mm-hmm. but he's very deep as well. Yeah. 
And all of yeah. these, all of these songs are really deep. Yeah, Shadow is very deep. Shadow and Ego also, yeah. I think, really yeah. get into it. Yeah. Shadow um, is, I think, kind of like Persona's darker cousin a little bit. Um, which, like, you know, she goes a, a deep guy also. Um, yeah. But he's talking about. I mean, there's this chorus of like, I want to be the king. I want to be a rap star, et cetera. But he has lyrics like, the moment I face myself brought lowest. It just so happens that I'm flying the highest. He's also struggling with, you know, Suga versus Yoongi. You are me. I am you. And just like the struggling with the image that people have of him and the image that he has of himself. I think Interlight Shadow is amazing. It's my favorite of the rap line solos. I think it's really, really good. And I think I would have, that would have been more evident if it came out with all the other ones. I think I kind of had viewed it as something separate because it came out first. Um, but it's just really good. It remains extremely good. And there's an extra verse now that, that we didn't get initially on the new album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Really good. Um, and then we've got Ego, which is like a very happy, very optimistic happy. Yeah. Turn. Classic J-Hope. Classic J-Hope. Um, I love it. But he also, you know, talks about the life of J-Hope, but also the life of Jung Hoseok flashes by. Yeah. He's talking about, you know, there's one smile, there's one me. Trying to stay true to himself on this journey, which again is the overarching theme. Um, but you crown, give me your thoughts on the, on the rap line solos. Um, I really like that each of them kind of like sampled an old intro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's essentially like the theme of the album. Like mm -hmm. it's a reflection of their seven years, which is really cute. And the thing about all of it is like, it's their own vibe. Like you guys said, it's literally each rapper's solo is their persona essentially yeah mm -hmm. and it's just like each time you listen it's like you go into a little bubble and you jump back out you listen to the next <laughs> person you jump back out and it, they're so good so it's, that's why it's so hard to pick a favorite yeah. i know it really is these souls are really really strong and i just think i think that well obviously this is something that all of bts struggles with and is here to talk about on this album i do think it's very true for the rap line that you know, yeah. this this image of the persona versus the self, not because they're just so involved with the writing and the creation of the music, but it's like we don't even know which names to call them on this podcast, right? Mm. Because like RM sometimes feels too removed or like calling them Suga instead of Yoongi. It like yeah. it feels like we know them yeah. better than that. But like, do we? You know, it's it's yeah. just like this eternal question of like, yeah, do we know them? How do we think we know them? And like them struggling to address that in their music. And it's very honest and it's very personal. And I think it's really impressive that they've done it in this yeah. way and also created some really great fucking songs in the meantime. Um, so yeah, and then obviously, I mean, we all talked about our favorites like going into this category and we didn't even mention the rap line because the the vocal line really fucking went for it. <laughs> yeah. Really great. Also, um, I guess that's the most fresh, the freshest songs we had. Right, for sure. Because we had kind of streamed mm -hmm. them before. Yeah, right. we had some time to sit with the, the rap solos. <laughs> um, so the new solos from the vocal line, we had Filter by Jimin, which was, a, I think, a personal favorite of everyone on this podcast. Um, My Time was Jungkook. Inner Child is Young and Moon is Jin. Um, four for four, really strong. Yes. Again, like really good, yeah. some really personal stuff also. Uh, let's start with Filter. Let's just do it. song i think this is among the like sexiest songs i've ever heard coming <laughs> from a man he's just like has that naturally sexy voice he has such yeah. a unique tone that like the is charisma, very like yeah yeah he and i know you're like legendarily a fan of jimin's voice legendarily I, I don't know about legendarily podcast yes. historically you're a fan of jimin's voice i just think it's really unique the way that he can thin out his voice mm -hmm. um and still maintain a body mm -hmm. there just like yeah. as a musician i'm just like i envy that kind of vocal mm -hmm. but also just the way that the song is structured it's mm -hmm. like very it's fun but it's also I don't know. I mean, sexy is the right word. Like, For listen, sure. like I'm a straight man, but yeah. when I heard it, I was like, ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Very relatable. Um, Ikran, you're, a, I know, a big Jimin fan historically as well. Um, what were your thoughts Honestly. on? Your thoughts on Filter? <laughs> um, obviously not picking faves, but um, right. the song when he's like, what's your type? How dare he even <laughs> like have that line in the song? <laughs> <laughs> He has. He also has that little moment where he's like, "Okay," and then like goes into the rest yeah. of the song, and I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> say what?" <laughs> okay. This is like the fourth wall in music. Like, what yeah. are you doing? 
at the <laughs> listening party when we played it, everyone started like salsa dancing. It was really funny. <laughs> it is. It has kind of this. I don't know how to like say it, but it, you know, he talks about like I can be your genie, and it does kind of have that like musical yeah. kind of like tinkly like floaty tone to it Um, I do want to say I don't want to talk about like the inner meaning of all these other songs and skip that on filter because I do think this is a very self-aware look at how I think idols are kind of sold to us and Mm. how you know he's like look at me you know he'll say like I can be anything you want me to be overcoming different tastes and standards like you're the one that made me and I think Mm. it's this very self-aware and kind of empowering like reclamation of this idea that idols like are these products because he knows what he's doing and it's part of his art and it's part of like he's doing this on purpose and it's a filter it's not changing him it's just overlaid on top of him and it makes him a little different every time and and he changes it because he knows how and he knows that it's part of his product but you know it's still him it doesn't change what's underneath it just you know it's his art it's him giving us what we want because he, he knows exactly how to do that it feels like a very overt wink right like I know what I'm doing to you yeah you know yeah um, and also like just the dichotomy of in the bridge it's uh, in Korean it's 미치도록. it's like talking about how cute he is <laughs> and he's doing it very sexily you know what I mean and like yeah. just that dissonance itself is really right. fun to examine um, right. and such a heavy part of like the K-pop concept and things like that and it just feels like a little wink at like like we know what we're doing like we do yeah. it on purpose yeah. and like it fucking works I yeah. love it really great song really it's good it's like that it's, if you compare it to like an, an online moment it's like when someone was like to Beyonce you're Beyonce and she's like I know right? <laughs> it's just like that you're Jimin right. I know yeah. I know uh, amazing amazing stuff um, okay so then we get my time from Jungkook sexy song actually not the message so much but the sound is like a very R&B kind of vibe yeah yeah the ad-libs especially uh-huh. and I've seen a lot of people talking about how it's he talks about his influences a lot and like kind of the R&B artists that he listens to and and it seems like he's taken a lot of that and like kind of made it his own sound um, which is great yeah but you know he's talking about his journey again and starting as a 15 year old trainee he's the youngest in the group mm-hmm. and basically just how overwhelming this journey has been while he's like becoming this hugely famous artist but also like literally just trying to grow up yeah sounds like LeBron James <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it's the perfect the LeBron <laughs> Um, so he uses like time zones as this kind of analogy to express his attempts to figure out where he is in his life as kind of compared to like where he feels like he should be like as a person but also as an artist um, and also it's just another really good song it's really catchy he sounds great he always sounds great and yeah, every solo on this album is extremely good. <laughs> Any thoughts on my time? Other than that, that is just really good. <laughs> no, that's going to be our... <laughs> it's just going to be some, yep. some version of, yeah, this album yes. is really good. It's just um, it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's just Jungkook doing what he does best. And I always like it when, you know, we think about K-pop bands, boy bands in general or girl groups in general as like, one entity, but there's individual members inside, and they mm-hmm. have their own musical tastes and their their own direction. And uh, I felt like just featuring seven solo songs on this record, where mm-hmm. each of them get to show who they are, I just think that's really special. And Jungkook being able to do that, you know, again, give the ball to LeBron and let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's the moral of this podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> All right, so then we get Inner Child from Young or V, I guess is his stage name, but I just tend to just reject that altogether. Filter is my favorite, like musically, and to listen to on this album. But I think Inner Child like just resonated with me in like a very emotional and deep way. Mm. Um, so I, I'm sorry, I'm just like just saying all about my, my feelings on this podcast. But yeah, uh, if you, for the podcast <laughs> listeners, Kate is fully weeping. <laughs> not, there are tears down yet. her face. Not yet, <laughs> um, but I'm not saying that won't happen. Um, this song like genuinely makes me extremely emotional. So I listened to it first, and it wasn't at all what I expected. 
Because we got Singularity on the last, you know, the last yeah. full album. And it was like this very like sexy kind of mysterious song. And I think yeah. that's people expected that from him again. And that's not what we got. Um, so basically, it's a letter to Young's past self. Um, and he wrote it with several other writers, including RM. And basically, he's talking to his younger self when he was trying to make it and when he was struggling and he wasn't sure how things were going to turn out. And he's basically like, guess what? Like, we made it. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And it's beautiful and it's obviously very deeply personal, but I think that what hit me the hardest is the chorus, which is just like, we gon' change on repeat, Mm -hmm. which on the surface sounds dumb, I know. However, I just think there's this message of like, I'm not who I used to be. You know, I've changed, I've changed and I've grown and I'm totally different now. And it's, it's partially a reassurance for his younger self, but I think it's also kind of a warning, like we're going to grow up and it's not going to turn out like we thought and it's going to be better in a lot of ways, but it's going to be harder in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, just We Gone Change is obviously referencing his journey from then to now. But I also think, you know, it's like this is life. We're growing up and we're changing and that's never going to stop. And the me that I am right now isn't going to be the me in five years or seven years, obviously. And like, that's okay. And it's scary, but it's okay. And it happens to everyone. And it's just this very relatable kind of mid-20s feeling of like, okay, Mm -hmm. we made it. But like, did we? And like, there's still so much work. Core life crisis. Seriously, I know. Maybe it's because I'm the same age as Taeyong and I'm just like going through it. But it's just really beautiful and it's really relatable. And we've all just kind of looked back on ourselves from however long ago and been like, fuck, like this is not how I thought it was going to go. And like, I wish I could, I could tell my younger self that like everything's going to turn out, but like they're just going to have to like do that themselves, Hmm. you know? But yeah, the song itself is really beautiful. You know, he talks about all these images from his youth and he paints these very specific pictures of his life and his journey. And I just think it's a really good encapsulation, kind of what you said about letting these artists individually do what they're best at. I think it's a really good encapsulation of what makes Young a special artist. Just speaking very honestly and openly about his life and his journey and and his art. And it's basically, I just like didn't know I wanted this from him. But now that I have it, I just like really love it. I'm sorry, that was such a monologue, but I just really love the message of this (laughs) song. That was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. It really speaks to me as a (laughs) (laughs) 25-year-old. I also think his voice really shines there. Yeah, Um, he sounds great. It's a really lovely song. Yeah. Message aside. Because he he has a really husky and like thicker Mm -hmm. voice. And a lot of times like he'll get parts that don't highlight that. But I think this song, I mean, it's a solo song, so it should highlight that. <laughs> but it really highlighted just the power and, and the kind of depth of his voice. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the other songs don't, but yeah. a lot of times he gets parts that… Yeah, he gets forced out of his range sometimes, Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. He, he, like he's forced to sing too high or, mm-hmm. or sometimes too low. And he sounds low. great and he pulls it off. But like, yeah. it, you know, there's definitely a range in which he he sounds best. This is his sweet spot. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, And then Moon. Lovely, extremely catchy Jin solo. (laughs) Great stuff from our guy. Really good. I think After Filter, that is probably one of the songs I've listened to the most. Mm -hmm. It's just so happy. And like, it's just like Jin, he's just going at it. And he's just, it's so happy. Like, I don't know how to describe it other than it's just so happy. (laughs) And it makes me happy listening to it. Yeah, same. (laughs) I think that's the point, right? You know, it's kind of this reassuring song yeah. for fans mm-hmm. yeah um i think he sounds great i think the little like acoustic guitar catchiness like really really suits him yeah his voice and the way that he styles his voice with a lot of like you know how instead of going straight into a note he'll like add a breath mm-hmm. in there and he does that a lot on this track or maybe it's just because we're listening to him for an extended amount of time um <laughs> that's just really it's really charming I, I think it's really captivating when he when he does that at a newfound uh appreciation for his vocals yeah i have not like historically he hasn't historically been my favorite but i do really love him and i love when he kind of lets his personality like shine into things and i thought that this is a really good example of that um i do in the interest of kind of examining how all of these fit into the theme i wanted to say that i do think this song if you kind of look a little deeper is kind of you know it's this very lighthearted song for fans like i'll be your moon i'll be a source of light And I think it's him kind of acknowledging that like and accepting that that's his role like as an idol is to be kind of this ever positive, bright and shiny source of hope and beauty. And it's just kind of him being like, yes, okay, I'll do that for you because like you're the reason that I'm here. And I know that there's like a responsibility of mutual love that comes with this position, but it's him being like, I welcome it. And I'm glad that you do. And I do too. 
Um, it also feels like he's also singing this to himself, mm-hmm. being like, "Hey, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to do this. This is my job, and this is actually good, even when it's hard, even when it's tough." Right? He's embracing like he's, this duty that he has, yeah, he, and like really em- accepting. He's it. embracing being an idol. He's em- yeah. embracing being the star that he is instead of. You know, I, I mean, it, the song's called Moon, not Star, but you know. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a source of light. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah some, something like that. I, I'm sure a cosmologist will disagree with you. But, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there are these little lines, you know, he's like, if you look too close, can you see the little wounds? And like acknowledging that it's work and it's yeah. work for him to like be this source of light, but also being like, I do it because I love it. And I do it because you've been there for me. So I'm going to be it there It feels for you. like a refocusing of himself, of right. him, himself yeah. as an artist why he does what he does, mm-hmm. his appreciation for his fans and everybody around him. Yeah, and I think it would be easy to write this off as like fan service. And if you didn't look a little deeper, it would almost come off that I way. I hate that label. I know, me too. And I think that, but I think that they, and I'm going to say, I guess I'm going to say this later as well in regards to Bulletproof, The Eternal, but they're so sincere and so earnest and their music is so personal. And I think they've really mastered how to make these messages seem very sincere because they are. Yeah. And I think this is a great example of that, of like, it's not just being like, I'll be your moon to fans. Like, it's this very real and sincere, like, embracing of this role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Great solos across the board. Yes. Can we agree? (laughs) 100%. Four for four. No skips. No skips. Four for four. Seven for seven. Honestly, no no (laughs) skips at all. Um, Okay, so let's get into the unit songs a little bit. We're already being too long, but we we can keep this tight or tighter. So the first unit song that we get is Ugh. They say oog. 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 Yeah, it's a closed oog. 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 All right. We'll let Isaac, our Korean yeah. expert, lead the way on that. Korean expert? I'm just a Korean. <laughs> You're just a Korean. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm an expert. <laughs> just in, speak the con- the in the context of this podcast, that's your role. Sure. All right. So this is the rap line uh, unit song and it's basically just like about the bullshit hate and rage that's online that they get and that they see on a daily basis and it's just a banger. With lots of gunshots. So, the signature sound. So many gunshots. So I love it. It low-key is what drew me to them. The gunshots are what drew you to BTS? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for their brand. They're the Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think every every lap, rap line unit song on on any BTS album is same. Really, it's good. like they've given us the the dang of the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a kind of another like sort of diss track a little bit. But yeah, I mean, they just all have great verses that are basically like you know um, what's true, what's false online. Like everybody, there's a great line where she goes like, "Everyone becomes someone with perfect ethics and perfect judgment online." Like, mm. isn't that funny? <laughs> um, which is just extremely relatable. And there's an, there's an instrumental part at the end that I just want to say, if it's not used in performance for a J-Hope dance break, I would like a full refund of all the money I've ever spent on this group because it's perfectly suited for that and I need that to happen. Take notes, please, big hit. Yes. Um, but yeah, I thought this was, I mean, as solid as we've come to expect from from the rap line. Yeah, it's it's really fun. This felt like a BTS song in, in, the, yeah. in the best sense. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is very much like in line with what they've done in the past. And a little more mature, but keeping that same DNA. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, all right. And then we get Zero O'Clock. Yes. A lot of enthusiasm for I Zero O'Clock. very passionate about this Oh my this God, song. please. I, I give you the mic. So, I mean, this is the song sung by the vocal line, which is Jungkook, Jimin, V, and Jin. This song is really good. And this is, the, this is the one song when I listened to the album for the first time, I've listened to the whole thing six or seven times. But seven, maybe, maybe yeah. yeah. Seven, maybe perfect. I'll, I'll just say seven, seven times, even though I can't, I don't remember. Um, but the first time around that I listened to the album, this was the standout. This is the one song that I was like, okay, I think I'm going to come back to this the most. Interesting. Um, it's just like a really great, well done kind of ballad but like also very, has some trap elements underneath it. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I mean, forgive me for the comp. It kind of reminded me of an eight song. Mm. Eight, the vocal slash rap group from Big Hit. 
Yeah. Just the production of it. Obviously, there's no rapping in this, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed the song a lot. I agree. It's very sweet. It's just lovely. Yeah. It's kind of start Puts to finish. a smile on your face. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. about the bad day's end. Just take a breath. Yeah. There's a new day coming. Very eternal message that we all need to hear every day. Or maybe I was just really tired when I was listening to this. And <laughs> I was like, like oh, this is soothing. Zero o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> They're just cheering you on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Respect is the next unit song in that. Well, it's I I'm love putting it. Respect. <laughs> it's from <laughs> RM and so Suga. Ukran, why do you love Respect? It's it's like the beginning, that hook. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's singing it. I think it's the choir again. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like a, a R&B, hip-hop vibe song. It's just so good. Like It reminds me also of old BTS mm-hmm. in the same way. Yeah, they have this very playful kind of back and forth yeah. thing. where yeah. um, It's very tongue-in-cheek. Yes. They're yeah. using their own regional dialects, Haturi. Right. Yeah. Um, which is really fun just as, just to hear as a Korean. Just like, it's them playing around. It's them being, yeah. you, you know, like... It's like a, a cypher made a song. Yeah, yeah. It, it really yeah. feels that way. Um, I loved at the end when they are going back and forth in Saturi where it's like, English is hard. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're just like kind of bickering like old friends are talking about kind of the meaning of like respect and admiration and like, you know, whether that's bullshit or not. But yeah, it's a really, really fun, really fun song. And it's always fun to just hear like a couple, just like two people just kind of go back and forth and like people who have been friends for a long time, which is a great segue into the next song, um, which is Friends by Jimin and Taeyong. Just the little soulmate love letter we didn't think we were really going to get that we did actually get. We were all third wheeled. We were all third wheeling that song. (laughs) We were. Um, (laughs) So this is just a very fun song about Jimin and Taeyong who are best friends and everyone knows they're best friends. They will not let us forget that they're best friends. Um, (laughs) This is just all about their friendship and references to when they met. They've got little inside jokes in there. It's very personal. You know, they're like kind of dragging each other. You know, they're talking about Jimin's like little pinky finger and like the dumpling incident, whatever that is. But it's this very like earnest and very kind of meaningful chorus where they talk about one day when the cheer dies down, stay by my side. For eternity, keep saying here, you are my soulmate, which is just gets you right in the so right in the feels. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I just love like a male friendship that doesn't closet themselves, you know, yeah. about how much they love yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like as a straight dude, I have a lot of friends, you know, and we never like tell each other I love you or whatever. Even though that's that's very much the emotion that we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I love that they're not shying away from it. It's like, hey, we, we've been working together for seven years. We've been training together for long before that. We're best friends. And, you know, I hope that we're going to keep doing this. And, like, yeah. they put it in yeah. song form. Yeah, you <laughs> really never hear, hear, like, male friendship talked about like yeah. this at all. Like, you would never hear soulmates, yeah. like, in reference to, like, platonic male friends exactly. ever. And they just yeah, are It's more so, low-key. Like, I want to be right. like you, bro. Right, exactly. And <laughs> we get that from Arm and Sugar a little bit. I respect, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's the other side. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, just, they've always been this way and they've always been very open with their affection. And it's just so nice to see that in song form and like in the medium mm-hmm. that has made them who they are, you know? So I just really, I really love this. It's very sweet. And I think everyone was very pleasantly surprised by the fact that we actually got this. Um, yeah. Dismantling toxic masculinity. You love to see it. One bop at a time. You love to see it. (laughs) All right. So let's get into kind of the miscellaneous tracks on this album that we haven't gotten to yet. So Black Swan came out before the album. It was kind of their, like, kind of, I don't know what the absolute word for it is. It wasn't really a single, but it was kind of the... Like a warm-up track. A warm-up track. (laughs) And that came out before the album. And this is another one that I think I appreciate more in the context of the album because it really set the tone for kind of this reckoning with their fame and their journey and trying to stay true to who they are kind of in the lens of, of what BTS has become. So the chorus is do your thing, what's my thing, <laughs> essentially, which is um, another word for them to basically say, like, you know, they keep saying, like, do, you know, make hits and create this music and perform it. But like, 
do we even want to anymore? <laughs> like what happens when we don't enjoy it anymore? What happens when it just becomes work? Um, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, anyone who has ever been involved in a creative field to a certain extent can identify with. Like, I mean, on the like smallest, absolute smallest level, like even creating this podcast, I was like, I love K-pop and like, I don't really want to turn it into a job. And like, that sucks. Mm. But like now it's something that like I have to commodify um you know like i mean we've all done this we all have things that we love that we've turned into work and then it's like do i love it anymore hey i mean that's why i quit the music industry right not to get not to get too deep here right here yeah Yeah. and i mean obviously the scale of bts is so much huger and the the stakes are so much higher for them but you know they have these choruses that are like truly devastating where they're you know they're talking about the heart no longer races when hearing the music play if this can no longer resonate no longer make my heart vibrate I die for my first death, but what if that moment's right now? So talk, talking about like the day that they fall out of love with their art is basically like their first death. And like, what if, you know, what if fame exacerbates that? What if it speeds it along and it's not a joy for them anymore, which it's it kind of a very sad song. It doesn't really come together at the end and be like, but it's going to be okay. It's kind of <laughs> just like, well, like that would suck if that happened. And like, we're trying, you know, we're, we're yeah. going to keep going. <laughs> the song's titled Black Swan. Right. I don't know if we're expecting right. a hopeful message. Right. Um, and the choreography that goes with it is really beautiful as well. It's kind of like modern, modern dance. And I do think it was a very strong introduction to kind of these themes of them reckoning with, with their fame and their, their journey and their struggle. So yeah, good song. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> really depressing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of depressing, this is my zero o'clock. This next song is my favorite song on the album immediately, which is Louder Than Bombs. This is just the one that really stuck with me when I when I was playing through it. And I've played it, I think, more than any other one now. Um... It just is like musically, very specifically my shit. <laughs> uh-huh. It's got kind of that slow Troy Sivan beat. It's co-written by Troy Sivan. And it's just kind of like very intense, very slow. Just another kind of sad song, another promise that like if times are hard and even if they're sad, like Kate, are you okay? Like, continue are you, on their art. Are you going through things? <laughs> really, I think what stuck with me on this one is just like the, the music uh-huh. and the vocal line is great. The rap line just crushes it. Yeah. Uh, I love when they let RM sing and he has a really great singing verse yeah. in this song. It's all English too. Yeah. And then um, Suga comes in towards the end with this like very low, very raspy verse that I think is really great. Um, and I don't know. I just really like this one. It just has been stuck in my head for like a week since the album came out. Yeah. It's very, uh, you, we're talking about range meme with Suga because he <laughs> yeah. can do this too. You know, like he, he can kind of do everything. <laughs> he sure can. <laughs> Ikan, what were your thoughts True. on Louder Than Bombs? Were you into it? I was into it. Um, not your fave? Not, not my fave. I recognize that this is a very personal choice, but here we have it. Um <laughs> All right. And then the last, really, well, not the last song on the album because you've got Outro Ego is like the outro, but the last BTS, yeah. all BTS song on the album um, is We Are Bulletproof, The Eternal. People expected like another very hardcore kind of rap heavy song because We Are Bulletproof Part 2 is very rap heavy and very hardcore. And that is not what we got. No. (laughs) This is just basically BTS talking to fans and being like, um, the chorus is we were only seven, but we have you all now. And basically being like, it was just us. But like the reason we're here is because of all of you, millions and millions of fans. It's a cute anniversary song. Yes. Very cute anniversary song. (laughs) Um, this is another one that I think would be easy for people who aren't fans or who just don't know BTS to kind of write off as fan service which again is like a cursed word on this podcast but they're so sincere in their delivery and their message and you know they figured out how to navigate that tricky space where they want to thank fans and give them what they want but they also want to stay true to themselves and their message and I just think it's really hard to make songs like this that feel true and don't feel cheesy and fake And I think that's what makes BTS BTS is because they're so good at it because they're just being honest and it's a testament to kind of their personalities and just what we've come to expect from the past seven years of like real honesty and truth and and personal stuff that we've gotten from them that that songs like this really work because we know like we know that they mean it because they've been telling us that for the past seven years. I really enjoyed just the musical direction that they took. Mm -hmm. 
just like you, I was expecting a pretty like hype song to mm-hmm. to end the album. But when it came on, I wasn't mad at it. You know, like I was like, oh, yeah. this is this is actually really nice and sincere. And you know, the album's called Map of the Soul Seven, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a introspective, retrospective look at their their own lives and their careers. And I think this is actually a great note to to end the album on. Obviously, there's the outro and then mm-hmm. the on remix, but a tribute to where they've been, where they are now, why mm-hmm. they do what they do. And just like going back to basics of like Bulletproof, you know, that, that's the name of the the band. And right. um, Ikran, I don't know if you remember this, but in Korea, people made fun of that name because that's yeah. a very yeah. funny name to say. Sonyeondan especially, like the Boy Scouts. <laughs> so you guys are the Bulletproof yeah. Boy Scouts. Pangtan Sonyeondan. Like people were really like derogatory towards them. And they kind of had to fight through that label. And now they're embracing that the Bulletproof title, yeah. which was once a, a source of mockery. And like, no, we are, we actually are Bulletproof. And like, we can stand anything because we're seven and we have all of you now. And it's it's a great kind of uh, bookend to the album. Mm-hmm. And to yeah, seven years. I, yeah, it, it also gives... I keep referencing like old songs, but I feel like this does give me the same vibe as like Young Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially because there was that whole emotional moment last year. And then now with this, I think this is going to be the crying at the concert song. For mm. sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Ikran, you've been, so you've been obviously a fan for all seven of those years. And this song is like yeah. very specifically to the fans who have, who've been there. I think obviously all the fans who are here now, but specifically the fans who have yeah. been here along the way. Did this song like yeah. speak to you at all, like on a personal level? Yeah, it did. I think this was my like, oh no, the tears, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was this song. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the song for me. I think it's just like. Uh, also, I saw a few friends saying the same thing because I've basically forced them into this Bangtan song in our life. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like a good rap epilogue, whatever. To all mm-hmm. the bulletproof songs mm-hmm. and there's no bullet sounds in this one is there i don't there's know no they sneak them mm-hmm. in but i don't think so i could be wrong they do sneak them in it took me a while to hear it in euphoria to be mm-hmm. honest but um yeah it's just such an emotional song because it's like they literally sing about crying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> i know really a lot of tear jerkers on this album and this yeah. is definitely kind of their uh magnum opus at the end here yeah Okay, so looking back on on Map of the Soul 7 as an album and as kind of the beginning of a new era or kind of the end of an era, depending on how you think of it, um, for BTS, where do we feel like this, obviously it's early, but where do we feel like this album kind of ranks or, you know, we're the ringer, we love to rank things. I just did a big BTS era ranking on the site. Where do we think? Yeah, I didn't Ma- agree with it, but we moved. <laughs> where do we think Map of the Soul 7 ranks on, um, just in relation to kind of BTS's past albums and past work? Um, for me, I've always controversially ranked School of Affair at the top. Wow. Whoa. I love that what? for you. <laughs> really? I have, yeah. I, mean, I know, that's why when I saw that ranking, I was like, what? <laughs> I was in a meeting and I looked at it and I was like, how dare she? Uh, everyone has their <laughs> but, favorites, you know? Obviously, that's like your nostalgic fave. And I respect yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's mine. The special edition. Miss Wright, I love it. The whole album is like the album for me. I mean, and that that was like the one that really got you into it, right? Or I guess you were there before then, but that was kind yeah, of your, your that first. That was like my anchor. Yeah. Isaac, what, what's your favorite one? <sighs> album favorite era. Album or, or, or Just era? Just whatever, yeah. They're all kind of intermixed, you know? Yeah, I mean, it might be Wings. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's recency bias. Oh, I mean, that's four years ago. It's not that <laughs> recent. <laughs> it's not that recent. <laughs> if you said Map of the Soul 7, then you could say, you could say no, recency no, no. bias. Uh, it, it might be Wings. I, just because, yeah. I mean, that it has Not Today, it has Spring Day, it has Pitam Numur, it has... Right, yeah. yeah. That's wing, Wings plus um, You Never, you never walk, walk Alone. alone. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Pretty I'm, unbeatable. I'm kinda, yeah. Yeah. No, those are definitely kind of they're, together. They're linked together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I, That era, I think that's like a... It's really great. It's a nice run. Yeah. They're all great eras. <laughs> yes. I do think Map of the Soul is is really... I mean, we're just at the beginning of of the Map of the Soul 7, all the comeback stages, all the tour, yeah. um, whatever other singles we get. We don't have the music video yet for right. On. I think this is poised yeah. to be some of their best work ever. I really do. I yeah. think they're at the top of their game. I was thinking about this last night on like whatever, my fifth or sixth listen. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a very BTS album. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe yeah. that. It felt like it was a... 
a tying together of of their mm-hmm. career thus far, and it felt very true to themselves mm-hmm. in yeah. uh, in a time period where they could not be. You know, right? If they made an album that sounds like I don't know, pick any American pop singer or right. pop band's album, like they could have made that kind of album to reach out to their international fan base. Like right. you could see that happening. You're right. They're, they're at the era of their lives when yeah. it would be so easy not to be themselves. They could and sell I'm out. I'm sure yeah. there's pressure. There's pressure not to be. But that's yeah. why they're still so good. Is because yeah. they still are. This is arguably their most personal. This felt like album. a big, yeah. big middle finger to selling out. Yeah, and it can, and it's still going to be mainstream. It won't make it. Yeah, sense. it's still mainstream, right. but it's yeah. it's still it's very yeah. much them. You yeah, know? and obviously yeah, there were yeah. a bunch of American and other um, international songwriters and and producers on mm-hmm. this record, but like it really felt like the direction was given by them, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or at least Pang Shiyuk, the producer of right. Big Hit. That's what I'll say about this. It's too early. So this is what I'll say. As I think this album is a very BTS album. Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on it. Maybe it will be their best yet. That we have so much of this era still yeah. to come. Let's let's give yeah. it a little bit of space. And give it some space. Some Let space. her breathe. Yeah. Let her breathe. Okay. Well, on that note, I think we've done all the raving we possibly have time to do <laughs> yes. on this damn good album. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Ikran, for calling in. And thank you, Isaac. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, and of course, all the production and the music cues that lie ahead of Isaac um, in the edit. <laughs> um, Looking forward to doing that. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. We obviously really love this album and we love doing these K-pop podcasts. So please let us know if you enjoyed it. Check out Ikran's work on BuzzFeed News. Follow the Ringer Dish feed on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Yeah, and um, by the way, when we were saying let us know yeah. that, that you enjoyed it, that means five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes. And a nice little review saying, <laughs> hey, we want more of this. See, thank you. That's the producer's note that I yes. need that I'm not brave enough to and say. And on Twitter, you know. Um, but yeah, also on Spotify. Follow on Spotify Also on Spotify, well. <laughs> yes. Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. <laughs> um, well, that's it. Thank you for listening. And uh, you guys can all go back to streaming the album now. Got to break those records. Bye.